All right, here you go, a free pre-roll, but not the kind you can smoke, the kind where we advertise. This episode is brought to you by our friends at SeedsHereNow.com. That's right. Everybody always says, Rasta Jeff, where can we get your seeds? Where can we grab the new drop? The answer is always SeedsHereNow.com. Make sure you check out SeedsHereNow.com for Crypto Wednesdays, James Bean's Vault, and of course, the easy peasy credit card checkout. To catch your latest drops from your favorite breeders, check out SeedsHereNow.com. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 749 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on my new strain, The Moon Tower. Before we get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to William E. Downs. Let's send a big fist bump and a thank you shout out to Uncle Adam, the Uber driver. Let's send a big thank you shout out to another local, my buddy Fiscal's Organics. Let's send a thank you shout out to Zoso J and Easy 057. I want to send a big fist bump to my buddy Chicago Dabber. Let's send a thank you shout out to a longtime supporter, my friend Tree Star Meadow. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Kurt Z. Let's send a special thank you shout out to a friend with weed. I want to send a big high five and a thank you shout out to Miss Mel. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to O Cannabis. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it super easy for all of my friends to support the podcast. Where do we go from there? Let's talk about what I got to do this weekend. I went to the museum and it was awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you are cannabis consumers, if you like to go see cool shit, get blazed and go to the museum. I went to the Museum of Natural Art and Science. I think that's where we went. Museum of Art and Science, some shit like that. It was fucking rad, dude. Go there, go check it out. Go get educated, go get blazed and go see some really great shit. That is my recommendation for the week. All right. I want to focus on talking about Uh, The main topic of the podcast, which is one of my new strains called the Moon Tower. A lot of people know that I am a podcaster, but many people may not know that I am also a seed breeder. I am the uh, the head breeder, the sole proprietor for Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. We make great regular and feminized seeds. We do not make autoflowers, but we are doing a collab with a friend at uh, Night Owl. Big up to my buddy Daz. Uh, But we do make seeds. I make seeds. I make a lot of great seeds. One of the things I have recently been releasing that went through testing that is now being released to the public is something called the Moon Tower. Let's focus on the Moon Tower. What is the Moon Tower? The parents of the Moon Tower are a pre-98 Bubba Kush female pollinated by my Arise male who is also known as King Solomon. Let's talk briefly about the Bubba Kush. Then we'll focus a little bit on Solomon. Then we will move deeply into talking about the Moon Tower. So the pre-98 Bubba Kush, the female plant that makes up this cross, uh, I like that plant. I've loved that plant for a long time since uh, medical cannabis got popular. I've been buying uh, Bubba Kush, pre-98 Bubba Kush from dispensaries, from friends, uh, from any type of grower I can find it from forever. I've had the clone a few times. I've 
Uh, when I get clones, sometimes I work with them, I breed to them, then I let them go or I grow them for my own personal consumption. And then I'm limited to so many plants. So sometimes I'll just let things go. Over the years, I've gotten my hands on Bubba several times and I've let it go. Um, I've always loved the coffee flavors, the earthy, uh, the dirty kind of notes and tones and flavors and aromas that it creates. I love that. I also love the buzz. It gives me a really nice, uh, heavy eyed buzz. A lot of strains now that I smoke, give me like an open bug eyed kind of a thing. The, uh, the Bubba Kush makes my eyes a little bit heavy. It makes me a little bit lazy. It makes my shoulders kind of relax a little bit. It makes me sit back in the chair instead of the edge of the chair, which is where I usually am. So I love the Bubba Kush because it's got that kind of couch lock feeling. It almost sits me down. I'm a hyperactive dude. You could tell me the way I'm talking fucking a million miles an hour right here into the microphone. Uh, but I go super quickly. When I smoke the Bubba Kush, it will chill me out. It's good for nighttime smoke for me. It's good for if I'm hanging out with the lady and I'm too talkative and she wants to watch a movie, smoke that Bubba Kush. It'll calm me right down, get into the mode for a movie. Uh, if I got to do some emails or some work and I'm too hyper, that will chill me out. So I love the Bubba Kush, that couch lock, uh, relaxation, plus the coffee, the dirt, the earthy tones, beautiful, beautiful cannabis. It grows very well. There's not a problem with the way it grows. It grows like a cush. It grows a little bit stretchy. Uh, it could be better, but there's not a huge problem with the way that it grows. Now let's talk about King Solomon. King Solomon, again, is an F1 male, uh, F1. Let's say that again. King Solomon is an Arise F1 male. So I crossed the golden goat and daybreaker. It was a golden goat female, a daybreaker male, put that daybreaker male pollen on the golden goat. That made my arise. From that first batch of seeds, I found a dude that is, he's a stud. He's a winner. He's a champion. He's proven himself to be a winner because I've crossed him to hundreds of females probably. We'll say at least 100 females and I've grown probably 70 of them or somebody's grown 70 of them and they all uh, probably say 60 to 65 of them were quite stellar. They do perform quite well. So King Solomon is a stud. Uh, there are a few that don't work super great. Some of those won't be released. Some of them aren't amazing, but that's not the point here. Let's focus on King Solomon. When I breed with King Solomon, I know that he is going to improve anything that I put his pollen on. He will make things more, uh, more potent. He will make things grow with more vigor. He seems to be the improver or the fixer plant is what I know him as. Uh, once again, he is a golden goat female pollinated by a daybreaker male. Let's talk briefly about daybreaker because that will come into play here. Uh, daybreaker is a chem D to Joseph OG cross. You got that chem dog, the chem D that like cushy chemical sort of a smell over here and Joseph OG, which is like swampy, uh, just cushy. If you know what cush smells like, it's straight up cush. That is what cush smells like. So you got Joseph, you got chem, and then they cross that. And then I put that to the golden goat. So that gave us kind of a sweet, cushy chem, dirty feet, sweet feet sort of a flavor. So somebody took the Chem D and crossed it to the Joseph OG. That made the Daybreaker. I took the Daybreaker male, pollinated the Golden Goat female. That made sort of a tropical fruit, sweet, cushy, dirty feet, aroma, sort of a plant. Those plants were labeled Arise. From that batch of seeds was a male who has been labeled Solomon. That is King Solomon. He grows with those sweet chemi flavors, aromas, hyper vigor, uh, super potency, and he's also resistant to problems. He can handle a lot of stress. So why did I want to cross these two plants? That's always important. I say when you're breeding, have a goal, have something in mind. Honestly, uh, the thing that really got me excited about this was these are two of my favorite strains. I've always loved the Bubba Kush. It's been a favorite of mine for quite a while. Uh, I've always loved King Solomon. Obviously, he's done a lot of great work for me. I had an opportunity put them, to put them both in the same area and breed to them. And I thought, why would I miss this opportunity? 
then as I was doing it, I thought, what am I going to create here? And I thought I wanted to create that. I wanted to keep the coffee and earth flavor, add some sweetener to it, just a little bit of sweetness to it, but then try to hype up the growth time because the Arise grows super quickly to where it cuts down the veg time with some plants. When I breed it to things, it veges more quickly. So I was hoping to make the uh, Bubba Kush veg more quickly and keep that sweet kush flavor add a little sweetness to it at the same time add a little bit of potency was honestly my main goal the main idea when making this cross so uh, the results actually were i wrote this down coffee earth fuel and funk flavors and then we get uh, medium height plants with tight internodal spacing and long lateral branching that means that the plants in my opinion in my experience what i've seen from testers is the plants they'll grow kind of tall but the internodal spacing will be tight together and those branches that come from those nodes get really really long is something that i'm noticing so we've got medium height plants with tight internodal spacing and long lateral branching now we're kind of talking about how it grows in its growth structures and features moved on from that uh, flavor and aroma profile talking more about the growth features uh, if you don't top these plants or uh, yeah if you don't top them they will make one giant cola they'll make one big bud so you'll get a lot of branching coming up it'll make an, a lot of nice side buds but then you'll get one big donkey dick bud right up the middle if you don't top it if you do top it it'll make it spread out i recommend topping low a lot of people top when there's that one V section that's only a few inches apart, go down one or two more nodes lower, top it there, veg a little bit longer, let it recover, let it kind of even out a little bit, then you'll get a lot more from it in my experience with this plant. So um, they take off, they stretch early in flower. Some phenotypes will double in height before they are done. A lot of phenotypes have the potential to become double in height before they are done flowering. So if you've got a two foot flowering space, flower it a foot, allow for pot space, allow for light space. But you understand what I'm saying. If you flower at 12 inches, they will finish at 24 inches. So be prepared for that sort of a thing. They do take off and stretch a little bit in early flower. That is something I recommend you be prepared for. If you were growing uh, the moon tower, it will get stretchy for you early in flower. So be prepared. Some of those phenotypes are going to get tall. We'll talk about how to take care of that here in just a little bit. I do have some notes I should try to stay on track of. Um, let's talk about phenotypes. Let's see some of the phenotypes that I'm experiencing and that test growers have seen through the populations of Moon Tower. Uh, I see a structure, the same structure across most of these plants. It is the same shape, the same structure that is happening in most environments and from most phenotypes. Uh, they get tall and they've got that long branchy structure. The main differences I'm seeing, the main difference in structure that I'm seeing is depending on your light, depending on your environment, people are getting uh, different stretch space in that internode spacing. If you don't have a lot of light, if you pack the plants in too closely, also if you put them in too small of a pot and they get root bound, they do get a little more stretchy. But when all things are good, when the lights, the air, water, soil, the spacing is all correct, they do stay pretty squat, not squat, they stay tight, not squat. Tight is the word, the node spacing is tight. So that's something I've noticed. Uh, that one tall structure is very common. They get long branches. The long branches, however, do fill in with giant colas. They will also need support. I recommend a support for the top. If you leave it there, a lot of people are going to cut it out. But I do recommend supports for the taller branches. I like a trellis net. Trellis makes it super easy for me to do what I like to do in the grow. Some of you like to move the plants around. That may not work for you. I may recommend sticks, but be careful. The sticks will get in your eye. Uh, those are dangerous. Maybe a tomato cage is better for you. There are a lot of ways to 
to do that. But a, a trellis net is my ideal situation. Sometimes I use three nets of trellis in a commercial environment. Uh, so the plants start growing up. As soon as they start growing toward that trellis, I'll top them and then spread them out, let them grow into it. They'll get a little bit taller up. I'll spread them out a little bit more. That third one is just to guide those buds straight up to the sky to where they know where to go. Then I defoliate everything below that first net of trellis, three layers in a commercial grow. Now, the main things you guys will see in my experience of differences in phenotypes is going to be leaf shape and bud structure. Now, that's going to be the most obvious visual determination of different phenotypes. Now that skinnier leaf pheno, in my opinion, is like Kush and coffee. That's kind of what I was breeding for. It's got that Kush, earthy coffee flavor, but then it's also got that Kush buzz that like sits you down, chills you out. But then there's also something in it that's got some caffeine or some energy to it. It's like, I'd like to sit here and fuck around, but I gotta go do something, but I'm so high, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Kind of gives me that feeling. I like it. A lot of people, it may drive you crazy. It's got some motivation to it. It's got some kick and some arise intensity to it. The Kush buzz comes through most of the phenotypes. You're gonna get that cushy feeling, that like chilled out, relaxed sort of a feeling that's gonna come through most of the phenotypes. Those skinny leaf phenotypes, however, are going to have a little bit of a head ring to them, possibly a little bit of a caffeinated feeling to it. That does come from the golden goat side of things. Now, the bud structure on some will be tighter than others. In my opinion, the less dense phenotypes are excellent for concentrate makers. If you don't have that super tight bud, I think you can make a better concentrate. Uh, I believe the dense buds are great for bag appeal and smoking, but extracting, in my opinion, my experience from what my friends tell me, uh, extracting a less dense product is easier. Uh, there's more room for trichomes on that. So if you got like a bud that's kind of airy, kind of fingery, imagine if we took a Kush nugget that's super tight and like a haze nugget that's got fingers and we rolled them both around in powdered sugar. I'm showing, showing my hands to the camera for everybody that's listening on Spotify or anywhere else. If you look at my two hands, I got a fist. How much I can cover my fist, the outer of my fist with powdered sugar if I, I'm sweaty. If I open up my hand, I got the inside of my hand between my fingers, all of this I can coat in powdered sugar or trichomes if that were a nugget. So I believe sometimes if you're growing for concentrate, sometimes those more airy, fingery buds are good for the concentrate making. So the tighter buds obviously are more Kush leaning. Those come from more of the Kush chem side of the gen genetics. The more fingery buds are more from the golden goat, the Romulan, the Hawaiian sativa side of the genetics in there. Those are going to be more of the, the head ringer, the head buzz, the psychedelic feeling, the where, the where the hell are my keys while I'm driving my car? Where are my sunglasses while they're on my face? Uh, I lost my phone while I'm playing on Instagram, that kind of a buzz. Uh, those come from the skinnier leaf shape buds. That feeling is gonna come from those long skinny leaves and kind of even the more airy bud. So the longer and skinnier the leaf, the more airy the bud, of course, the more head ringer of a buzz I believe you're going to get from those plants. So use that leaf shape, use that leaf, uh, that bud density to help you determine kind of which phenotype that you have got. But most importantly, the most important part, when it comes to phenotype selection, I talk a lot about which phenotypes you will see. I'm telling you, you're gonna see one with long skinny leaves, one with a little bit wider leaf, one with tight, tight buds, one that's a little bit fluffier. Then you're gonna get different combos of those buds and leaves together. But it doesn't matter to me which phenotype you find. That may sound rude, 
as long as you find the one that works the best for you. I've described a lot of phenos and then people email me. They're like, how do I find the phenotype that you call the mean girl? How do I find the phenotype that you called the fat girl? How do I find that? And I say, just grow it. And honestly, look for the best phenotype in your garden. You don't have to have the one that I like the most. Uh, I like weed that makes me fucking panic attack while I'm sitting at a table by myself. I like to just freak myself out by taking a dab like, oh shit, what's going on? That's my favorite feeling. That might not be for you. You might want to smoke and lay down and take a nap. That's not what I'm trying to do. So find the phenotype that does the thing that you need done from it. The one that grows the best in your garden. You've got to grow it. You've got to manage it. Uh, you're going to have it for nine weeks in flower four-ish, six-ish weeks in veg, two weeks as a clone. You're dealing with this plant for fucking 15, 16, 20 weeks, 120 days-ish. Make sure it's something you want to grow again. Um, also, find the phenotype that is something you want to smoke, or if you're selling it or profiting from it or using it as medicine, make sure it's the thing that works for that. So uh, choose the one that works for you in your environment, for your wallet, for your budget, for your clientele, whatever you need it to. That may be a totally different phenotype than me. I'm not worried about making money off of the flowers I grow. I'm going to smoke all of them, or I'm going to pollinate them and make seeds. So my grow and your grow are focused on two totally different things. Find the phenotype that works the best for you. Now, I'm going to go back talking about phenotypes because there is one, one anomaly out of, I talk about most of them are going to get tall. Most of them have that long branching. Most of them have tight internodal spacing. There is one, however, that just loves to fuck with you because that's how genetics work. That is a short squat runt looking plant. It doesn't look desirable. It doesn't look like it's going to be any good. It looks like it's going to suck, but if you finish that plant out and flower it and let it go its full 67, 72-ish day term that it needs to go, that plant will punch you in the face like Mike Tyson. It is like cinder blocks to the head. It is like cement shoes. It's like, I don't know, it's like some sort of medicine. It will put you down. That shit will just lay you out. It is such good medicine, but you don't get a lot of it. It doesn't look pretty. It smells like dirty ass skunks and it takes you two hits to go full retard from smoking it, but you don't get a lot of it and it doesn't look super good. So if you're growing it just for yourself, if you just want to smoke it for you, there's a little shitty rump plant that may pop up in a pack of, I don't know, I've found it like two or three times out of a lot of seeds. Not a lot of the testers have reported it, but if you get that one, finish it out, get a clone of it. Uh, it's hard to get a clone because it stays so little. It doesn't grow very big. You got to veg it for a real long time and treat it like a baby. But the medicine that comes from that, the buds from that, it is worth the extra effort and the work. If you're going to sell it, if you're doing a commercial grow, that's not the one for you. If it's for your bag, for your head, for your jar, grow that one. If you've got it just over there in the corner of the room, finish that bad bitch out because it is worth it one time. Maybe don't take a clone. Maybe just run it the one time. See what it does. All right. So we've talked about the phenotypes. We talked about terps, flavors. Uh, I've talked a lot about the feelings and buzz that this plant gives me. Let's talk about a few of the grow features and tips that I can give you for this plant. I really think that the moon tower works very good in a screen of green environment. When you trellis them down with the net, they enjoy that. They also work well in a sea of green environment because they grow that one big, tall, apical dominant cola. If you veg them until they're, what is this? What is it? Eight, 10 inches tall. If you veg them until about 10 inches tall, cut off all the bottom branching and flip them. You'll just end up with a bunch of nice main colas. You got to run a lot of them real close together. Of course, if you're going to do that method, don't expect a huge harvest from each one. That's when we do a sea of green. That's when you do like 64 of them on a three by three table an eight by eight square on a three by three table. Lots of plants. If you're in a state where your numbers are regulated, that is not the way to go, but the plants will enjoy doing that. I always recommend with the moon tower, 
cleaning up the branches, but not completely removing the entire branch. We do a lot, a lot of lollipopping. We do a lot of leg shaving, a lot of cleaning up of the bottom of the plant in my school of thought, in my training camp, in my facilities, in my grow. However, I wouldn't cut off all of the branching at the bottom of the moon tower. I may leave more branching than usual. And instead of cutting that off, I would kind of strip the bottom half or two thirds of that branch. Just clean that right up to where the bottom is naked. You can see their legs for a far way up. But when you get up to the top of the skirt, you're just going to grow big, long buds. Leave a leave a nice section up at the top and have a naked tip or a naked, li- naked leg, nice tip. And that'll grow nice, big donkey buds at the end of that. So clean it up and then leave the end of it enough at the end to make you a nice fat cola. All that space should fill in. Generally, a cush plant is going to make a bunch of golf balls. But what the Arise has done, the Arise makes that bud stack up a little bit better and fill in all of that space. Another thing I should mention, don't overwater the moon tower plants. They don't like being overwatered. They may survive better if you underwater them than they would if you overwater them. That has been my experience. That's what I have noticed. They do eat moderately heavy. So if you are used to feeding a plant a certain diet, maybe step it up just a little bit higher. Now let's talk about some of the things you may want to feed them. They do love the calmag. And when you feed it calmag, it makes the leaves kind of get the serrations. They they pop up a little bit. Uh, they love that and they look super good for photos. The plants do like a low pH toward the end of flower that will increase your colors. Once again, help you for photos. Low temps at night will help your photos make it change a little bit of color. They will tolerate that cold quite well. They do like kelp products. Kelp products will help your flavors, aromas, and bud density. One thing I noticed, they responded very well to a product called Bud Swell. I fed them Bud Swell. They did exactly that. They swole up. They got fat. They got beefy. So that seemed to work. One thing I want to mention These plants do have a tendency to just go yellow around week eight, right around the end of week eight, week day 56, day 59, day 60. They're just going to go wonk and turn yellow on you. Don't be afraid. That is not a problem. That is just a sign of, hey, we're done. It's almost time to harvest. If you haven't started flushing, if you do that, now it may be time to flush. If you do the 18-6 light switch, now it may be time to do that. These plants are very cool. They let you know, they're like, hey, bro. We're almost done. It's time to go ahead and start wrapping it up, get ready for harvest time. So if they turn yellow, that is fine. I don't think you did anything wrong. That is a common issue that happens with these plants. I don't even guess it's an issue. That's just a trait that happens within these plants. It goes, hey, bro, time to cut us down. And they let you know the leaves will just turn yellow. Some of the big leaves will fall right off for you. They start pre-trimming themselves. I've gotten that report from a lot of test growers. I've seen it along a lot amongst a lot of phenotypes that I grew. Don't freak out. They're almost done. And they're just letting you know that it is almost time for their haircut. I'm scrolling through my notes to see where I am. Um, They did like the bud swell. I mentioned that. They liked bud swell a lot. They really seemed to take well to that bud swell, that organic bat guano liquid nutrient made them swell up, made them get super beefy. I watched them swell. I've grown a couple of batches of this. I've seen other people grow it. People that did not use bud swell did not get the swell that I saw my plants get. Where are we? Some of these plants can be challenging to clone. I'm not sure why they don't like to clone well. The pre-98 Bubba Kush clones well. King Solomon clones well. I don't know where the problematic cloning came from. What I've discovered, what I've learned to realize is if you don't feed these plants for three to four days, they will clone better. So when you're going to take clones of the of the moon tower, make sure the mother plant has been starved for a couple of days. This is common amongst most cannabis plants. If you overfeed them nitrogen, if they're high in nitrogen, when you cut clones, it does 
does slow down the rooting time. So make them a little bit hungry. That will speed up your rooting process. Everything else is fairly easy. They root well. Uh, they'll get kind of tall. It's going to be your main thing to think about. You're going to have to uh, be prepared for tall plants, but uh, they should be fairly easy for most growers. You shouldn't experience too much problems. You shouldn't get too much trouble. Don't overwater. Uh, keep an eye on the feeding. Everything should be cool. Feeder a moderately high nitrogen diet. So if you feed your plants, um, However many PPMs of nitrogen now, maybe increase that by 10, 20% and pay attention to these plants. These plants are hungry bitches and they will eat. I don't want to tell you to super feed it because then you're going to go pounding it with too much nutrients. Here's something I would recommend that you do consider. This is not instruction. None of this is instruction. This is all recommendation from a friend here. I would consider when you flip to flower, so you go from uh, your veg phase, you turn your lights to 12-12, you are now in flower. Day one starts when you flip the lights. Most people will now switch to their from their vegetative to their flowering nutrients. At this time, I would recommend you go two more weeks with your vegetative nutrients with this strain because these plants do eat a lot of nitrogen and they will need that extra nitrogen built up. This will help you out in my opinion. This works for a lot of plants. Uh, maybe taper off that veg feed into your bloom feed over the next two week period, but adjust that slowly. Don't just drop off that nitrogen completely. That's when you will see problems. Uh, the moon tower does enjoy moderate defoliation, but don't overdo it. I like to defoliate plants. I've learned that if you over defoliate the moon tower, she will get a little bit pissy with you. So don't overdo it. Go lightly. Instead of doing one fat defoliation uh, over a couple of weeks, do a couple of light defoles. It will work better for you. Uh, I usually suggest popping and twisting these plants to build structure and mitigate stretch. That is something I recommend on most of my plants. I got a few cultivars that don't react well to it, but the moon tower responds well. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I've done a full episode on popping and twisting. I basically grab the plant with two hands and give it a twist in different directions and it goes like popping a knuckle and it makes the plant break the cellulose fiber right there and it will rebuild a little knuckle. It looks a little bit knurled might be the word. It makes it stronger. Uh, it also slows down. So it's going to make it stronger right there. It can support itself a little bit better. More nutrients can flow through a thicker stem. Also, that will slow down the vertical stretch. So they're not growing as quickly through that phase. It'll slow that down and make them stronger. One thing I think really helps with these plants is keep the pH consistent. They seem to like that consistent pH pH swings, pH jumps, they get a little bit out of control. Of course, medium does matter. Uh, they really will like consistent pH. I mentioned before, they like CalMag. They really enjoy kelp. And these plants responded uh, week six. We hit them with bud swell. They went fucking kaboom. So hit them with that bud swell. They should be happy. I'd want to remind you, don't panic if they turn yellow close to the end. That is called senescence. They're starting to, they're just dying, but they're still living. Keep the buds going. The leaves are going to die. We're going to cut off the leaves anyway. That is okay. Harvest of these plants will generally be ready around day 63 to day 67. I always recommend going long for your first couple of runs. See what they do. I told you when I hit them with bud swell, they really swelled up. Maybe if you let them go 74, 75 days, they really might beef up at the end there. Pay attention to the trichomes. That's really what matters. Let the plants finish. 
let the plants finish. I do recommend though, at least 70 days, 63, 70 days is ideal. You will get outliers. Of course, there will be 60 day finishers. I believe that if you've got the right setup for the moon tower, you can get pretty fat harvest from her. If you clean up the bottom of her, give her that attention she deserves, make sure there's no junk on the bottom, no larf, none of that fluffy stuff, none of that wasted buds, none of those mini shoots, clean all that shit up, send all that energy up to the top, spread it out, get plenty of light down into the canopy with a good light, with the proper care, with the right airflow. I predict that you could get pretty fat harvest from the moon tower. I don't want to give you numbers. I don't want to set expectations. I'm going to say if you do it right and you put in the work, a new grower can get fatty harvest from these plants. I do want to take a moment to give a shout out to my friend Lefty. I was throwing around a strain name ideas. Uh, it's really hard to name strains. All the cool shit is taken, all the things in my head. As soon as I come up with it, I feel like I uh, telegraph it out to other people and they take the strain name also. I've had a bunch of cool names in my head. I'm a big fan. If you've been listening this far, now is the time that I'm going to reveal how the strain got named. Uh, I'm a big fan of the movie Dazed and Confused. And I try to name stuff after Dazed and Confused. My buddy, uh, my buddy Lefty's got a strain known as Wooderson, that is Banana Kush to Arise. Uh, I've had Moon Tower written on a, on a strain name list for a long time. I got a document in my phone. Uh, it is just strain names. That's all it is. Anytime I watch a movie or whatever, I get a strain name idea, type it down in the list. Then when new strains come up, we scroll through and see if anything matches and if it works out of my head. Moon Tower was on the list for a long time. I was in a chat. I said, what do we name the Bubba Kush to arise? My buddy left. He said the Moon Tower. And I was like, I just saw that movie. I just watched it with my girlfriend. She'd never seen it before. She's from Sweden. I introduced her to that movie. She laughed. She liked it. Lefty said Moon Tower. I just talked about Banana Kush to Arise a moment ago. I was like, that's going to work. So it became the Moon Tower. It came from the movie Dazed and Confused, The Party at the Moon Tower. That was a good movie. That came out right around the time that I was partying at the Moon Tower, bro. Not really at the Moon Tower, but you get it. We were at different places. Anyway, that doesn't matter. That's where the name came from. Shout out to my buddy Lefty. Lefty, bro, I hope you and the wife are well. Hope you're killing it down there. Thanks for all the good work that you do for me. And great job with those testers, dude. You did so good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you wonderful, amazing cannabis enthusiasts and growers out there. Thank you once again for listening to my report on the Moon Tower. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, concerns, positive feedback, constructive criticism, maybe I left some shit out, maybe you got more questions, I would love to hear from you. The email address is hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me those messages. I do check that email quite often looking for your constructive criticism. Anything else maybe on the website, check out my website, iregenetics.com. That's real easy to find. I-R-I-E-G-E-N-E-T-I-C-S iregenetics.com. Check that out on the interwebs there. All the information you need will be right there on the website. If you're looking for the Discord link, if you're looking for seed vendors, if you're looking for merchandise, I recommend while you're there, you sign up for the newsletter. There's a little spot about halfway down that you can join the newsletter. Sign up right there. Very shortly, I will be sending out a great newsletter. Those of you who have signed up for the MailChimp, I haven't been sending out a bunch of stuff because I haven't had a lot to report. I say most of it here on the show. Um, I don't want to spam you and bombard you, but I do have something coming up very soon. So if you're not already signed up to the newsletter, I do recommend you sign up to that because there's a cool announcement coming very soon. The newsletter, the Discord, and the Patreon will be the first places to hear about that cool new thing that is being built. Big shout out to my buddy Ben for the help. 
um, the newsletter, the website. I think that's all I've got for you guys. Thanks again for watching and listening. If you are only watching the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher Radio, I do invite you to come join us on the YouTube channel. There's a 4K YouTube video going on. I'm pointing at you right now, inviting you, you come hang out with us. At least subscribe to the show on YouTube. I would appreciate that. I'm trying to get up to 10,000 subscribers. Please subscribe on the YouTube server. That's enough begging. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I've got for this episode. You know, I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Pedro's Grow Room. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. 